This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery. The show that is going to the hairdresser to get a Marcus Alonso haircut. Now, uh, many Chelsea supporters made the journey to Wembley to play arch-rival Spurs, more in hope than expectation. A situation as novel as Spurs playing their Premier League matches at Wembley. Of course, we should not have worried. Normal service was resumed as the Blues grabbed a 2-1 win. Spurs' Wembley nightmare continues. Now, the architect architect of this victory victory was none other than Antonio Conte, who faced with injuries and suspensions had a real selection dilemma. Playing a uh, new signing, Bakayoko, in a three-man defensive midfield with Luis and Kante, Chelsea played out a classic Catanaccio. Now, for anyone at the club who doubts that we have one of the finest managers in the game, or has briefed against him this week, take a look in the mirror, hold your head in shame, and then back him to the hilt if you want to build something substantial at this club. Now, I am Stamford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is... The Italian job. Oh, yes, mamma mia. Right, now we've got some uh, uh, very kind of Godfather-like Soprano characters. Actually, no, we haven't at all. Um, <laughs> I, I, try, I tried to get uh, the cast of Sopranos and the Godfather to be on the show tonight, but they all uh, made me an offer I couldn't refuse. I'm not prepared to tell you what it is. Well, they did. Uh, so instead, instead, I have the, uh, the salubrious Jonathan Kidd. Uh, thank you, Chid. You sounded Indian there, not Italian at all. It's very weird. <laughs> did I? Yes, you did. Really? Yes, you said. Antonio Conte. Antonio Conte. You said. Did I? I think it's your Skype connection, mate. I sounded very Italian at this end. Probably my ears, Chidge. Anyway, lovely to be on the show, Chidge. Lovely. It's great to have you on. It's great to have you on. Always is. Now we we were going to have the the former Chelsea fancaster known as Dan Silver, who blew me out at lunchtime. 
Uh, so he's now the ex-Chelsea fan. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be that cruel and heartless. Um, but thankfully, uh, charging to the rescue, and in the wonderful, mad way that she only she can. I love this lady to pieces. Uh, is the wonderful Alex Churchill, also Super known sub. as the girl who likes balls. Super sub. Super sub. I am like the yeah. Fabregas of last season of the fan cast. Well, there we go. That's an interesting. Except analogy. not as hairy. Hmm. Okay. Well, no, definitely not as hairy. Um, I think we'll leave it at that. Uh, but it's great to have Alex on. The, great to have Alex on the show now. Uh, also, um, just to prove that unlike our football club, uh, the Chelsea fan cast um, can actually promote uh, its youth, uh, the talented youth that we have at our disposal, and uh, we have uh, none other than the wonderful Heon Carbis, who uh, I had the delight in meeting at the Football Blogging Awards last year. And he's doing a lot of, uh, I mean, he was up for an award, actually, like we were. But, um, you know, he's done a lot of great writing. and He's a lovely lad. And I, I promised him then uh, that I would get him on the show at some stage. So I'm delighted to promote from the youth uh, the wonderful Heon Carbis. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm brilliant. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thrilled to get started. Well, well uh, it's, it's only three minutes in. There's plenty of time yet, Heon. <laughs> <laughs> No, we could, I've, I've made Alex promise that she's not allowed to swear tonight uh, because we've probably got your mum and dad listening, Heon, and I thought it'd be unfair to. Uh, it would. Be you did give me a to, pass um, on at Delhi Alley. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's acceptable, but I did give you a whole list of other words you are not allowed to say. I know, but I've, I got can't, gin, I can't I've got a gin in my hand, so I can't make any promises now. Oh my God! Well, be warned. I mean, basically, if uh, I met actually, I met Heon's father uh, at the football blogging awards too, and a very lovely chap he is. So um, I, I would like to apologise now uh, for Sorry, any swearing Daddy, that happens. Uh, it's all Alex's fault. Okay, that's all I'm prepared to say. Now, we, we should get on with the show, uh, which tonight will be revelling in Conte's Italian job as uh, he and the team put in a tactical masterclass to ruin Spurs' party. Uh, in part two, <laughs> we applaud we applaud the wham quaffered Marcus Alonso superb performance. Before you go, go. Thank you, guys. And uh, we, you, you weren't on the mark there, Alex. That's one demerit to you. Uh, we sympathise with Maratta, and we look at some encouraging performance from Rudiger, Christensen and Bakayoko. Uh, even more important, what on earth was the drum being piped through the PA system all about? Alex can give us first-hand lowdown on that. Because she was there. Uh, in I part was there three, too. we've got. Some... I was there oh, too. I'm terribly. You, well, you you were probably in the ring of indifference, though, weren't you? No, funnily enough, no. I I couldn't get a seat. No, in no. The ring, the ring of indifference was full of spuds as well, lobbing was it? coins. Yeah. Was it yeah. now? Like they can afford yeah. to do that. I know, so but were, the you, idiots you were, were lobbing you... one and two pound coins at us. So basically, they just bought us all drinks. Lovely. <laughs> so you were you were in the cheap sheets, cheap sheets, cheap seats, Jonathan. Well, bizarrely. I found myself, you know, that black bit where they put the a black sheet over the uh, yeah uh, the yeah 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 to the, the divide I, yeah I, yeah I found myself on the edge of the divide at, at the top of it, so I could put my leg up, which of course I've had a, an arthroscopy on because I played cricket. Or get your leg over business. even. Yeah, even get my leg over and and rest it for the whole of the game, looking like as if I was in my bath chair in the East Stand. It was uh, absolutely uh, blissful. I didn't need to get up. I think people got a bit pissed off with me when I didn't get up and raise the roof when we scored. But uh, I did a lot. I did a lot of upper body arm action. 
um, clearing. But, um, <laughs> well, but no, you it just was... Well, you just had a knee op, mate. You had a knee op, so I think, you, you know, I think that's fair enough. Like, yeah, but no, it was just yeah, for, yeah, utterly yeah. fortuitous. Didn't have to stand. Was at this position. I did get sworn at a lot by lots of uh, Spurs supporters, as you'd expect, and given the thing. I, 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 uh, I'm a bit disappointed that you weren't clambering over the black netting to, to you know, well, go, up, were, come on several, then, come on, let's were, have it. You there know. were several people near me who attempted to do that, and I really? took a very I'm good so picture surprised. of some very sturdy uh, <laughs> stewards who prevented them. Oh, but um, but it was, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the passion for the goals was quite remarkable, and absolutely deserved i have to say it was uh, well, there we it was go. a great moment being in that divide having all these chelsea fans leaping to their feet to threaten these spurs supporters on the other side it was, uh, it oh, was so what you're saying is you enjoyed slumming it with the peasants yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you're right did I you did, exactly. did you have yeah, your bodyguard detachment more, with more, you i bring what sorry what did My you butler. have your bodyguard detachment with you yeah funny enough i did actually i had a nice couple mm. of mates who were uh, who protected me from anybody on rushing who attempted to take me with them while they went over the black bit into the Because they, 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 they clearly identified you as the leader of the infamous oh, Chelsea fan cars firm. I was so, laid, so laid back and just, you know, and, uh, sneering at them from my seated reclining position. Yeah. Yeah. If only I'd been there. All right, listen, we should get on with the intro, otherwise this will be the... Uh, the, the well, we, I've got to be honest, it was probably the longest show we've ever done last week. I'm, I'm not sure whether to apologise for that or not, but anyway, a lot of people liked it, apart from Sid Celery. Now, um, in part three, we've got some Do great emails asking... Well, no, I love Sid. No, I love Sid. He's great fun. Anyway, part three, we've got some great emails asking why everyone hates us. I, I think that's like Chelsea, not just the Chelsea fan cast. Uh, and uh, with dear... Dyer, dear Dyer, and uh, Vertongen the Wrongen, or Verongen as I like to call him, dishing out some very nasty challenges. Why is there no consistency with the uh, referees? Uh, one for Jonathan, that one. Uh, in part four, Hion will be telling us all about the relaunch of ChelseaFanCast.com because uh, he is hugely involved with that and uh, also will be asking what you lot can do to help. Uh, go to the site for one, would be a probably a good ploy now don't forget you can listen to the show live every monday night at seven o'clock by going to mixler uh, which is mixlr.com forward slash chelsea hyphen fancast where you can join all the chat by posting on the live chat page and generally have a lot of fun the other thing is um you know i, I i've now got into a good habit i mean this is really one of the reasons why Hion is 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 so valuable already because he's already shamed me into doing more work on the on the on the fancast website, uh, which uh, basically means instead of just like not doing anything until I've put the show up, I'm now putting the the preview of the show up on the website, and I have put on that preview the Mixler app, so you could just go to the blog that I put up there a couple of hours before, and you can hear it on the website. I mean, you know, talk about making it easy for you. Honestly, it was all spoiled. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, in a minute, we're going to talk about the football. Yeehaw.
well, well, well. I, I, I have got to be honest. I mean, I, I, I did feel a bit gloomy, people. I was worried. I was worried. I was worried that we that we might have a bit of a problem, largely because, you know, clearly we had a few players out with injury and suspension and all the rest of it. There's been such a swathe of negativity surrounding Antonio Conte and the club as a whole. And uh, uh, and I was not. I was yeah. You know, I was worried, and I was particularly worried about who who was going to play in midfield. And I got to be honest. I, I, I no way, Jonathan. No way, no way, no way, no way. Did I expect that lineup and that formation? I was I was utterly gobsmacked when I saw it. Well, uh, when when I heard that Louise would have they appeared to have four defenders, we all thought it was going to play four four two, and uh, and we're working out who would play up front with Maratta. So to discover that Louise, as in fact somebody prophesied last week on the, on the show, would be in midfield, because I didn't think he had great confidence in uh, Louise as a midfield player. But um, clearly uh, uh, he does, and rightly so, because Louise was completely phenomenal. It was uh, There were some phenomenal performances. Um, um, and, uh, I mean, in the end, poor old Morata was forced to play a, a role that he, you wouldn't normally expect ever playing for Madrid. But uh, um, William. Um, just seemed to take over the reins. It was sort of almost William on his own with with Maratta trying to make up the numbers up up, up front. But um, uh, no, I, I didn't expect that lineup in the slightest. I mean, I, everybody was predicting that that um, Boga would be playing, didn't they? And um, um, uh, and that Christensen probably wouldn't be playing, and that we'd still have Dave. Um, I don't know what the idea was. Dave would play right back, some people say, because even though Moses was available. But uh, I, I suppose in the end, you, when you think about it, it's it's the the players who are available, um, plus Christensen, um, um, who who was similarly outstanding. Um, I was, you know, I, I sort of get it off my chest. I thought it was it was a completely superb performance, and the goal was one of the great Chelsea moments for me. The last goal, well, I was, both, I, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But no, but in, no, I mean just the fact that it was scored against the run of play with the Spurs fans going berserk because they'd scored the goal. The first time they found their voice for the first time and they sang that ridiculous, you know, very slow version of when the Spurs come march, go marching in for the first time. And uh, and then we went up and scored again. I mean, it also threw L- Loris's legs. You just go, I'm just completely gobsmacked and at the same time so delighted. And the the joy, I, I almost cried. The, 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 the moment was so phenomenal. So, uh, oh God, I absolutely loved it. I loved it so much. I'm afraid I haven't an- answered your question. I've just no, gone, off, right. gone off on one. But, uh, but yeah, I was, I was. Well, uh, you know, looking back, he's obviously going to choose a team that um, uh, that he's been working really hard with all week, and uh, and he knew that we were overcoming the midfield last time when we when we lost to White Hart Lane. So, um, so he made sure that there was a very combative person. Yeah. The very fact that it was Definitely. it was Louise. The fact that it was Louise was something that none of us had considered, and and we didn't even well, think Bakayoko would play, did we? Because we thought he was still injured, and he did play. Well, that may, may, but Jonathan, that, that's it, yeah. exactly. You know that, that, that that's that, that was the thing that really threw me, mate. You know, it was the. You know, we. I remember we talked about it last week, didn't we? And we talk, I talked about it with Kerry on the on the Kerry show. But you know, it was all, it was like. Well, Louise will play with Kante, or, or or if there's if he's going to be really adventurous, it'd be Masonda. What I didn't expect, number one. You know, even if I mean, it was an inkling, wasn't there? Right, in the last minute that that Bakayoko might be fit enough, but what I didn't expect was to play him. At, you know, Bakayoko, Louise, and Kante as a defensive midfield three. And you're absolutely spot on, mate. I, I did a thing about it today, a blog about it today. 
but it was it was brilliant tactically it was absolutely brilliant because he knew he knew that we got absolutely overrun uh, yes, by Spurs year. at White Hart Lane in midfield last year and and and, 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 they, and what I'm amazed at sorry go on play, mate you know, they didn't play any of those chip balls to the far post which is what when Ali nope. scored twice if you remember that didn't figure yeah. because because we kept closing them down but I have to say everybody played phenomenally well you know it was an unbelievably disciplined performance wasn't it considering that we were so doom and gloom last week and with a such terrible negativity and i think it, i think we must take half from the second half performance of last year of last the burnley game with the nine players which i think we did i don't think we were as, as terrifically down as we as uh, as the papers were on us you know and the and the, and the media completely were but uh, um I, I'm, you know, I can't. I, 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 the only person who just didn't quite get it together was Maratta. But you know, um, it, 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 a role he wasn't used to. He should have scored with a header after whatever it was five minutes. That was a glaring miss. And he should. He was also a bit slow onto when he was put through in the second half, and it just uh, was was went out for a corner. But well, um, let's I'm talk sure, about Maratta in part two later on. I'm sure. He, I'm sure he'll come good. So uh, I'm, sure no, I, I'm, I'm sure he I mean, will. I'm sure he will. I mean, everybody. I was just going through all the players. You think, hang on, R- Rudiger put in a great turn. Christensen put in a great turn. Moses was fantastic. Alonso was completely outstanding. You know, I mean, that to me, that's legend status. That two goals there and played out of his skin, phenomenal. And we were debating that he might be replaced, weren't we? We were oh, suggesting well, that uh, they I'll, might be getting somebody else in. To and, but I'll he be, himself I'll be very, said, very surprised. But he said actually, on, I read an article on Twitter. He was saying that that if anybody did come in, it would put him and Moses, you know, on their metal. They'd have to try and perform better. And that was what it was about. Well, I think, but... I think, I think to be fair, I think to be fair about that. I mean, you know, I, I you know, I, I'm a huge fan of Alonso, and I have been for a while. I think he's excellent. Uh, Moses, I think, you know, is okay. But I think, I think the point that we were all making was that, you know, I don't think it was a question of buying people to replace them, but buying people to put pressure on them because they're the only two players in the squad who yeah. seem to be able to fulfil those roles. Anyway, we need to bring Alex and. Uh, sorry, Hewitt, sorry, I will be the. No, 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 no. You and I, we, because it's, it's just too much fun. So we, we got got excited as you and I tend to do. But there are other people <laughs> I was on the so show. So excited as well. yesterday, Jim. I know. Oh, it, it was lovely oh, to have you excited, God. Jonathan. It's lovely to oh, have you excited. God. My reaction, my emotional reaction to it was so out of proportion to the way I've been feeling. I think part of the reason is because we've been so. Put down by everybody uh, over the last few weeks that I just overreacted and I thought God I'm I'm, I'm almost right. blubbing here with excitement this is absolutely okay. appalling don't blub quietly I, for a minute or two so I we can talk to Alex Alex um, I, I think I think Hello. picking up from what what Jonathan Shut was up, saying JK. which was which was which, which was I thought I thought Jonathan got that spot on but I I, I mean here's the thing you can set up a tac- you know you can you can set up a tactic or a formation but you still need uh, the players to deliver, and I thought not only were the defence exceptional, you know, Rudiger. Although I have to be fair, I think Rudiger got got roasted by no no pun on your blog, but I think that, mm-hmm. that Rudiger did get roasted by Kane a few times. But I think generally Rudiger, Aspie, and Christensen in particular were were superb. I love the way that Christensen, you know, just put a foot in or a block in all the time to stop their attacks. So if, you know, you can set it up, you know, three five two. But if they don't have the discipline to play that game. You know, it's not going to get you anywhere. And I thought they were superbly disciplined, weren't they? They were. That, I mean, like that you mentioned the amount of blocks that we put in. I lost count of the mm. amount of times that they were about to get a shot off, and it just ricocheted off a blue person. Um, I just yeah, the 
the setup, it was actually really fluid in the midfield. They kept switching sides. We'd look up and um, Bakayoko would be on our side. Um, and then a few minutes later, he would have swapped again and gone back over the other side. I don't think Spurs quite got to grips with that, the fact that they shuffled around a bit as well. Um, they just, do you know what? I just think they thought it was going to be easy. Maybe like we did against Burnley in the first half last week. They thought, they're screwed. They've got a load of injuries. Mm. I haven't heard of half the people they've got playing. We're going to thump them. And so happily, they didn't really turn up. I mean, there's a bit like Jermaine Penis was on Match of the Day 2 last week. And usually it's just fun watching him cry when Spurs lose. But they actually challenged him to find like why Spurs didn't score. And they just, they weren't on it. They just, when it got to the final third and it got to playing balls into the box, well, they just weren't on it. And every time they, they were on it, we were in their way. And it was, it was really, really disciplined. That was my one observation. My observations were that we were massively disciplined, the back three, and it was really solid. Um, that the work rate was phenomenal. And that the fatter that Pochettino gets, the more he looks like the little chubby German kid in The Simpsons. He does, doesn't he, actually? That was very, yeah. very funny. All right. I mean, that's a good point, Alex. I mean, Keon, you know, one person we haven't mentioned so far in terms of that, you know, that, that those two banks of three, if you like, uh, is David Louise. And I, and I, and I thought I thought David Louise was just absolutely beyond brilliant uh, yesterday. He, he is. I, I know he's controversial. And I know I know he gets up a lot of people's noses at Chelsea, let alone anywhere else. But for me, that's the kind of Louise performance that you want. He just made a complete nuisance of himself. But the way he he, he, he stole the ball from uh, Spurs off Spurs players toes all game. I mean obviously the, the you know the you know when he when he set up Alonso for the goal being a classic case in point. But I thought he was brilliant. I thought his leadership and his commitment was fantastic. I agree wholeheartedly. I sorry, I agree wholeheartedly. I think you know what, what we've seen from Louise especially um, last season was this, a different sort of maturity that's characterized his game. You know, he was renowned and regarded as the PlayStation player due to the words of Gary Neville. And we've seen him adapt with a greater sense of responsibility almost. He's, he's realised that he has to be more composed in his defensive work. He can't step out, um, you know, and make rash decisions. And I think it's that sort of self-discipline that's seen him improve massively um, as a player. And, and it was so pivotal to our success last season. And as you said, it was fantastic mm. to see him thriving in the midfield yesterday. We've seen uh, during his first stint at Chelsea, you know, his... Uh, his aptitude at playing in midfield due to the technical ability that he has, due to the fantastic passing range he has. But yesterday, he brought a different dimension to it. It was that defensive work, as you rightly said, you know, pinching the ball off Wanyama for the second goal being the most notable example. And I also think it was it was credit to Conte, really, because you know it was a shrewd tactic from him to come out to the press and say, no, I don't particularly like David Luiz's midfield. I think he's far... Uh, more suited to his defensive role. You know, if you keep him in the back three, we retain that balance that we managed to establish last season. And so the consensus was, was perhaps Christensen would be pushed in to the midfield, like Kurt Zuma was in the Capital One Cup final um, victory against Spurs in 2015. And yet, you know, it was, it was it almost in a way, it was classic Mourinho in terms of the fact of saying one thing to the press and doing the complete opposite on the pitch. And I think it was a shrewd piece of, uh, of tactic from Conte and also the same thing with, with the lineup. I think, you know, as a, to, to express the same sentiment that, that Jonathan said, really, was it was an absolutely phenomenal display. And considering that, you know, the teams are recognised that we really shape in the 3-4-3 formation now since Antonio Conte instituted it into the Premier League, you know, to, to, to change that entirely and play a 3-5-2 
forcing Spurs to go out wide. You know, this is a team who are renowned and lauded for their intricacy. But to force them wide really caused them a lot of troubles yesterday. So it was brilliant to see how well we managed to negate uh, you know, the, their creative talents, in particular the likes of Dele Alli and Christian Eriksen, who have destroyed us in the past, but were practically non-existent yesterday. Mm. Mate, I have to say, I mean, oh my God, we finally found somebody to come on the show who can understand and like talking about tactics. That was I'm, I almost feel like giving it a round of applause here, and there's more sense in, in, in the last two minutes than I've heard in two years. Yes, indeed. That's brilliant. <laughs> Clearly, I'm going to agree. Um, but I think, I think you know, I, I just actually, while you were saying that, one of the things that I, I was thinking when you were saying that was I wondered how that might have played, kind of links in, as you said, with what Jonathan was saying. I mean, I wonder what, Pot- you know, Pop- what Mopo, that's easier to say. Potuccino? Is that it, Jonathan? Fatso, yeah, whatever. But I, think, I wonder what he would have thought when he. I wonder what he would have thought when he saw us line up as three five two, because as you said, he might have been licking his lips saying, "Well, I've I've got I've got that whole kind of three four three that Chelsea play nailed," you know. And then he's faced with that, and his game plan goes out the window. And I think Leon's absolutely right. I think Deli Ali, you know, was. I mean, he did one or two good things in the game, and then he managed to get fouled by Baka Yoko for their goal, and that was pretty much it. He fouled fouled Louise for our opener, didn't he, Jonathan? Yeah, yeah. Stepped back and kicked him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, they they were they were they were they weren't the force they they have been. I have to I have to say though, they were, he was very out funk. I do think they they came back into it though very competently. I mean, they're a, they're a good side, and uh, yeah, um, Kane is a is a fantastic striker. Um, Isn't he? Just just? Do it do it more for England, but he uh, his pace and ability to. Um, move out of, of when they've got he's got three players on him and he still manages to get to get a shot in is is uh, um, is completely brilliant. Um, but no, I thought I thought we, as I've said, we completely negated any uh, um, uh, any threat by just being a fantastically cohesive defensive unit. I his think big, his big thing is he his big thing isn't it? He says work, work, work. Says Conte, and they clearly do. And the point that very good point. Um, um, that Heon just made about uh, improvement is that what we have to remember is he does Conte does improve players remarkably. You just have to look at Alonso and Moses. So I don't know why we get into a funk about the fact that the season's going to go dreadfully because he makes players better. So we know that everybody's going to come up a notch. So uh, to some extent, he's almost then then. Um, um, uh, he, he's shot, shot himself in the foot, hasn't he, in terms of the transfer? Well, that's a good question. That's where I players. want to go next. But, yeah, but if absolutely. he's saying, if he's, if the board say to him, yeah, but you're so good at improving players, why do we need to buy others? So it's yeah, a, but surely, it's a, surely it's that's a wrong. Well, surely, surely that's. I mean, I get what you say, but it is a worry actually, and I and I put that in me in me blog today if they ever put it up, but. Uh, you know, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Alex, you know, it's, he's proven, not that he needs to prove it at all, but he's proven that, you know, this is one of the most tactic, tactically astute managers in the game. We're absolutely, you know, blessed and lucky to have him, as well as everything else that's going on. Um, um, my, my uh, thing, I said all week long, screw it, do a Mourinho, go there. Park the bus and just get out of there with a draw. Get out of there with a nil-nil. I don't care if it's the dullest thing I've ever seen in my life. Just don't get slaughtered. And actually, Conte just proved that he's better than that. He doesn't need to go and do that because he can think a way around it. I, I think it just shows shows that he's a a more he's a more flexible manager than Mourinho. I think. 
I think Mourinho does one thing amazingly well, but has potentially been found out at it. So if there's any sort of weaknesses in his side, he can't exercise plan A. I think Conte is very modern in that he is constantly evolving as a manager and adapting. And I think he showed that yesterday. Well, absolutely. But here's the thing, though, guys, and I'm going to ask he on this. You know, if he is that he is as good as we think, you know, we as we think he is, surely there's a reason, therefore, to to back him and support him. Now, okay, you know, I know there's been a right old ding dong in the press all week about, well, you know, there are people briefing against him from the club saying, well, you've had 150 odd million, so shut up, you don't need any more. But we're not stupid. We know that there's there's a lack of squad depth, and we could do with more people. It's a, it's a right old hoo ha. Frankly, this is good. This manager is fantastic. Back him, support him, and let's just see how far we could go. I mean, it would be insane to do otherwise, wouldn't we, Heon? Yeah, I, I agree, and I think you, you made a, a very good point there in terms of the fact that the the fact that is that we we require squad depth in terms of the additions we've made to the starting eleven. I think it's a significant improvement from last season. If you look at the yeah. fact that Nemanja Matic was turning twenty nine, Gary Cahill's in his thirties, David Luiz is in his thirties, Costa was aging. We did have an aging squad, to be honest. It was almost as if it was almost that time, you know, the twenty ten period when we had the likes of Anelka, Balak, Lampard, Drogba, Terry, all reaching. Uh, you know, a, a, a later stage in their career. And I think something similar was happening last year. So the fact that Antonio Conte successfully identified and has addressed that issue is is very, very uh, good in my opinion. You know, we have a 22-year-old, in, well, newly uh, turned 23-year-old in Tamiri Bakayoko, who won the league with Monaco last season, who was a Champions League semi-finalist. We have Almar, Alvaro Morata, a 24-year-old striker who has practically won every club competition that he can throughout his career just at the age of 24. Two Champions Leagues, two Serie A's, two La Ligas. I think that speaks volumes of his uh, his calibre as a player and how crucial he was to Real Madrid last season because he was their second highest top goal scorer despite hardly featuring as a starter throughout the season which again just displays his aptitude at scoring goals and how well he and how indispensable he was really to Real Madrid last season I think there's there's a there's a tendency with the Real Madrid hierarchy to favour Benzema and consequently I don't think that Alvaro Morata was given the praise that he deserved and, and, you know, the fact as well, we have Andreas Christensen, who hopefully will play a very pivotal role this season at the age of 21. We are providing our starting eleven with youthful exuberance. And, and as you rightly said, Chidge, what we need now is that squad depth to ensure that we can maintain a sincere challenge in all four fronts this season. And as the time's running out, you know, we, we are in a bit of a precarious situation if you consider the fact that 13 players have been released or sold. Another 25 have been loaned out and only four players have been acquired and one of which is our reserve goalie. So we are in a precarious situation like that. Nevertheless, if you look at the players we've been linked to in the press, the likes of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, the likes of Sergi Roberto, these players are incredibly versatile who would provide cover in multiple position, uh, positions and I think that's the sort of player we should be targeting over the course uh, of the remainder of the transfer window. Mm-hmm. Players like Chamberlain, who can operate as a centre mid, a right wing back, a right winger, will ensure that we have that protection, have sufficient depth in a number of positions, which would ensure that you know we are as successful as we can be in all four major competitions this season. Well, here, here, I, I mean, you know, I, I agree with all of that, but I mean, for me, it's really simple. You've got a good manager; he can win us loads of stuff. He can build this club up. 
even greater than possibly Mourinho did if we give them the chance. So just back him. None of these silly arguments about it that we read just about. Whether give we know him the sure check, No, no, we're going to a break. We're going to a break. So hold it. We're <laughs> going to go to the break first. Yes, I know you. I know you. Uh, so after that break, we are in fact going to, I know it's, uh, this is your cue, Alex. We're going yeah. to applaud the Wham! Quaffered Marcus Alonso superb performance. <laughs> Last Christmas, I gave you my Oh, heart. not that one. <laughs> I thought we'd get a little, a little bit of wake me up before you go, go, as if we were going to no, a break. No, I'm going through the oeuvre. I'm going through it's the, going the, the whole repertoire. Hits. So we've got eight okay. hits. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, uh, do you know, I was actually going to call this show Wham Bam Thank You Man, but I just thought it was just too clever for people by half. But anyway, right. Uh, what else are we going to do? We're going to sympathise with Murata. Uh, Jonathan's already mentioned that, so we can have a bit more looking at that. And uh, also, we're going to drill down a bit more into some of the performances that we had, which we were impressed with. We've already we've already applauded Louise, but I think we should have a look at Rudiger, Christensen and Bakayoko too. But also, we are going to get to the bottom. Um, Alex and Jonathan were both there. Uh, we're going to get to the bottom of what, why on earth a drum was being piped through the tannoy system at Wembley. We'll see you in a sec. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And tonight we have got uh, His Royal Highness, the Duchess of Kid, with us. Charmed, I'm sure. <laughs> no problem, madame. Uh, we've got the absolutely the genius. I'm sorry, there is no other word for this wonderful woman. She is a genius, and already today she's been slagged off by Chelsea supporters for her wonderful girls who like who likes balls blogs, and she's got a Tottenham uh, supporter suspended from Twitter. I salute Boom. you, Alex Churchill. Boom. I will take over the world. You will, and I will be there following you. Uh, We're going to we have go. um, a massive party at Sky Sports News HQ and trash the place. We will indeed. Uh, and last, but by no means least, um, I mean, you know, I said I like to, uh, to, I like to play the youth. You know, I'm a great believer in young talent, and we have found an absolute gem uh, if his first... Uh, the first, well, first parts performance is anything to go by. Well done, Gion. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for that lovely uh, introduction, Chidge. It's all right. The the amount you gave me uh, sent me landed in my bank account about half an hour ago, Gion. So we're all good. <laughs> um, all right. So moving on. Uh, yes, I do accept bribes. Uh, it's all true. Um, all right. And preferably in a football sense, they have to come in brown envelopes with a sharpie written kind of thing on them anyway enough uh no more brian clough type talk allegedly um actually you can't defame the dead can you jonathan i'd get away with that one wouldn't i yeah yeah you you, you can yeah yeah, yeah 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 okay yeah. now i just thought we'd have a quick roundup of there's some general stuff i want to talk about at the end of this part and there's some specific stuff that i want to talk about uh you know first and the first thing i, I you know it let's talk about marcus marcus alonso who as Jonathan alluded to brilliantly, actually earlier on, um, you know, if if you ever want to become a, yeah, like very good. If you ever want to become um, a cult hero at Chelsea, all you have to do is to score a last-minute winner 
against Spurs, and that does it. And I, I was trying to think earlier on, actually, of of players who have done that. I can hear myself coming back on your feed, J.K. Oh, he just wants oh. you in surround. <laughs> yes, well, I, no matter how delightful and, and flattering that is, it's rather irritating in my ear roll. Um, right, so yeah, get out of my... I don't want to hear myself in my ear. Anyway, um, where, where was I? Yeah, I was trying to think of uh, of players who, who have done that, and, the, and the, the three that I could think of immediately were the wonderful Bjarni Goldbeck, who scored in the last minute, so we got a 2-2 against them. George Weyer who uh, very about the only time he played for us as far as I can remember scored in the last minute to beat them 1-0 and, no, and sadly the, the only final. one he played in the cup final alright but Villa he scored cup. last minute Villa against cup Spurs final. which is wonderful and and the uh, the only other one I could think of which really pained me to even admit this but uh, Gallus did it with a with a with a superb strike that I was kind of right behind of course the, he, he now has to be consigned to the dustbin of treachery um, but uh, are, there, are, are, are there any others, JK, that you can remember who've done a last minute against Spurs and therefore we've loved them forever afterwards? Um, I remember uh, Kevin Wilson scored, but I think that was number three. I was there then. Um, mm. uh, I'm, I'm sorry, this doesn't, uh, this doesn't work in my, my, my brain can't attach itself onto these things at this stage of my life I'm sorry he needed three no, days know, notice to get an answer for that together is what well, he's saying yeah, yeah I mean exactly I mean weirdly I could remember those three but I couldn't remember any others and I'm sure they're there but I think the bottom line is that this is the point that Jonathan was making that you know I think he's he's established himself now as a, as a cult hero um but what what I have to say first of all is what a superb free kick, Alex. I mean, you know, he's when you consider that you've got Louise and William, who 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 are very good free kick takers, they've now given it up to him. Yeah, he was right never sort of William kind of hovered as if to say, hmm, "Shall I have a look at this one?" And then he kind of just backed up. Okay, right, I get I get that you're not going to let me have that ball. I'm just going to be your like little ball slave, your decoy now. But um, oh, as soon as he hit it, as soon as it lifted off about above two or three feet, knew it was going in. We were behind and to the left, and as soon as it lifted off, you just you could see the curl on it, and you thought, if that dickhead, what's his name, Alderweireld, the the other, yeah. oh, there's so many nasty little dickheads on their team, they just all merge into one. He's got you have to watch the replay in slow motion for his brilliant facial expression because it's it's like he's trying to kiss the ball as it goes over <laughs> his head and dips down and goes in the back of the net, and it just absolutely did. Um, Larice as well. Oh, it was outstanding. Yeah, but as soon as it was, it's kind of sometimes like when Matic hit that one there um, in the cup semi-final, you just know it's going in. And Oscar did yeah. one against Juventus as well. You just think he's hit that perfect. Yeah. yeah, it was slightly mad. I got licked by a man with no front teeth who was in the row in front of me. Lovely. Um, yeah, it, just, <laughs> it wasn't every, Jonathan, every, was it? No, everything good or bad. This guy, this guy just turned around and went cuddle and grabbed us, which was quite disturbing. But oh, yeah. brilliant. Here's the here's the here's the here's the most important question of all, though, Alex. Um, mm. I mean, you know, how much do you think uh, that that uh, Alonso's newly found cult status amongst Chelsea supporters uh, and, and success on the field again. of pitch is is to do with is to do with the fact that he he's definitely got a George Michael circa 1984 haircut? Well, I'll give him. I'll give him credit because since the beginning of last season, the only person to have scored more dead ball free kick direct goals were is Coutinho, and that's only one more, and he's a bloody defender. So I give him that. 
but yeah, holy. I started off in pre-season taking the piss and saying that I was not going to call him anything but George Michael until he cut that stupid hair. Now he's not allowed to cut it. It stays. And also, if you go on Twitter, and you know when you go into a little function where the gifts are and you type a search thing, type George Michael, and there's a little clip of Wham doing this kind of bonkers... Um, yeah line dance move I just want to see 30,000 people at Stanford Bridge doing that dance move when he scores for us because I think it'd be hilarious but yeah now he's not allowed to well, cut the hair you know what they say <laughs> Alex don't you? you you know what they say Alex don't you what? if you're going to do it right do it right <laughs> baby if you're going to do it right do it right with me Yes. Um, can that sounds like your famous um, that sounds like your famous I'm a secret lemonade drinker ad <laughs> is that you? That, no, it was um, it oh. was Elvis, Elvis Costello's dad. Oh. No way! Seriously? Yes, Jeez, Declan, that's knowledge. Declan, Mc, Declan McManus. He's singing. Senior. On it. A bloke, bloke um, uh, called uh, Nicholas Chagrin is the uh, oh is God. doing is miming to it in the wig. Oh, this is too much. You, I can't JK. cope with that. It should have been. My brain is going to explode time, with that. Thank you. Um, I'm going to explode with that. Say? I was going to say, well, I don't know. I tell you why I want to. There was a new Alonzo song. Um, was there? That, that people people had invented, which I can't remember. I should have recorded it. Was it just the oh, Marcus Alonso? No, 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 no. no, no. It was quite complicated. Um, there is actually. There's been lots of requests on my Twitter and in and through like pub conversations, a demand to come up with a song for Bakayoko that goes to the tune of "Wake Me Up Before You Go Go." No, no, it's got to be back, going loco with Baki Yoko. Hasn't it got to go, uh, um, um, uh, oh, Baki Yoko. No, that's been done before. Macarena. No, that's Mac no, 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 no. Macarena, yeah. It's, it's got to be, bit you know. Boring, a bit boring, sorry, yeah. You know that going loco down in Acapulco? It's got to be yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I quite like the uh, the wham one, but we're getting a bit wham heavy. Maybe it should be can, the can other no, one. Can nobody remember the, Marcus Alon the new Marcus Alonso song? Because it's got something about him running down the wing. Yes, it has running oh, down the wing for me. It goes running down the wing for me. It goes, which is a bit weird. Oh, but, what was uh, the tune? Yeah, I can't remember. It's yeah, it's a very obvious tune, and I can't bloody remember it. God, mm. they were singing it in front of me while I was queuing up for the train. Yeah, um, well, we must have been mm. quite near each other. Oh, that would have been. Anyway, nice can I talk about the second goal, Jonathan? Because you see, I I also thought that was a superb goal, but. Um, and I'm delighted by this because I did a whole series of previews for various websites this week, and in every single one, um, they said, "Well, how do you think Chelsea are going to beat Spurs? What's what's their weaknesses?" And I said, "Well, Hugo Lloris has got an error in him." <laughs> I nailed it! I nailed it! But did he? I mean, he did kind of let it. He did. He was a bit Alan Ruff, wasn't he, Jonathan? One for the oh, teenagers, completely, though. Completely, completely. Well, when when um, when uh, Marcus got the ball. Um, and I thought, well, he's got the option to cross it. And, and he looked, he shaped up, and I thought, well, he's just going to whack it near post. And in my mind, it had gone off um, Loris's legs. Um, but um, then to see it nestling in the corner was just one I of don't, the... You could see the look of surprise on Alonso's yeah, face. Yeah, I don't think yeah, he thought yeah. it was going to go under his body like that. But the whole, the, the whole, the joy of seeing him then run down to us to celebrate was and did you realize that they then had a debate in the paper whether he then should have been booked and then now the referees are going to work out where the line is of oh. going into the crowd to All celebrate right. at Wembley you go sorry to, to, to see on what the stand, is the matter but... with them 
what just, you the know, hell? I know exactly, but the the, the, the pettiness of a, of the referees thinking, oh, well, there could be a booking there. Oh, then he would have been sent off. Oh, great, People that would have been bastards. good. I mean, you just. Can, think, I'm Scott. Sorry to butt in your your referee. I'm sorry to. I'm sorry yeah, to butt on. in on your referee loving, but we're getting some controversy or contro- controversy, depending on on how you prefer oh, yeah. it. What about coming, about coming from? Coming from the Mixler chat room, uh, and oh, I very yeah, rudely, yeah. I very rudely didn't uh, say hello to the plethora of people that we have in Mixler tonight, including the, the wonderful Walter Otten. Walter Otten is in the house, as is the gaffer Garfield Bailey. Walter, but here, I'm sorry, folks. Here's here's the controversy. I'm going to read a few of these out because they're too good. I mean, Gaffer's actually delighted that it was Elvis Costello's dad. I think he's still on the floor laughing now. Uh, but Conman57 says, no, it's if you're going to do, comma, it, do it right. I, I don't think that's quite right. Not if you're going to do it right, do it right. If yeah, you're going to do wrong. it, do it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm he's right, he's and, right, and, he's right. Yeah, he's right. anyway, and here's By- Byron CFC says, there's one for Aspie kind of like that. His name is Caesar Aspil Equator. He wears number 28, and we think he's great. He likes the tango, also the salsa, and he's running down the wing for us. I have to tell you, Byron, and this is the God's honest truth, that I was there when that song was invented because it was invented by Darren Mantle, Dazza Mantle, the ex-Chelsea fancaster, and try as we might, we could never get it going. And then Conman57 apologised, saying he said he would get out more, but he's too busy celebrating us stuffing Spurs. Quite right. All right, sorry, back to the show. Um, here's a question for you, Keon. Uh, you know, I could rely on you to be far more sensible than, than me, Jonathan and Alex, of course. And the, ses- the sensible question, and also, you, I mean, without being rude, you're considerably younger than all of us. So, uh, well, Alex is obviously very young. She's always mm-hmm. 21, as she's a always. lady. But, um, you know, you are, you are a bit younger than us, so you might be a bit more in touch with a youth, as it were. But what I cannot understand, and I think, again, you know, Jonathan, who's already having a blinder, he's having a Marcus Alonso tonight, I think, but he mentioned <laughs> it too. You know, why, why is it that, that, that so, many P, so many Chelsea supporters don't rate Marcus Alonso? I mean, I, I think he's great, you know, so why is that? Well, this, it's an intriguing question, and, and I absolutely love him to fit. But before I answer the question, I just wanted to come back to the question you, you mentioned to Jonathan earlier. And if I recall correctly, I think Solomon Kalou scored a last-minute winner against Spurs. He did. 10 20 last season. You know, when that was the cup match. 3-0, and you it up. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I think Kalou uh, is on that list. But yeah, in terms of Alonso, I think what many people think is that a club of Chelsea's stature should be trying to uh, tempt and trying to entice players with maybe greater repute in terms of you know their status on the international stage. And I think some people identify players like Alexandro, someone who's perhaps superior to Alonso. So the the hatred of Alonso doesn't come out of the fact that they dislike him as such, but they believe there's better alternatives we should pursue. Um, I find it quite hard, really, to, to, to propose this case, so to speak, because, as I said, I absolutely adore him. I think he's influential in equal measure at either end of the pitch. You know, and since um, joining Chelsea last season, in 33 Premier League games, no one has scored more goals as a defender than Alonso, who's got eight now, which is an absolutely remarkable statistic, really. It's remis- uh, reminiscent of uh, the, the John Terry of old, really. So it's fantastic to see, you know, our tradition of, of goal-scoring defenders continuing I just think, you know, in terms of the people who perhaps dislike him, I think he's not the quickest, he's not the biggest, he's not the most proficient at his defensive responsibilities, but the most important thing with Alonso, he gets the job done. He's incredibly influential. 
And um, and as well, maybe there's a case of saying perhaps that they don't think that he's come from the necessary background. Yes, he was brought in at the, the Real Madrid Youth Academy, yet he's had to work incredibly hard um, you know, to reach the highest level. Uh, you're playing for the likes of Bolton, Sunderland and even Fiorentina, who aren't even you know, one of the greatest teams in Italy anymore. So he has to work incredibly, incredibly hard throughout his career to reach the stage that he's at now. So maybe people resent him that he's not from a a more decorated background. I'm not entirely sure, but as I said, I I absolutely adore him and and long may his fantastic form continue. I think as well, um, when we bought him and everybody was saying that, oh, he's played for Sunderland or whatever it was and Bolton and all that and... I think, yeah, it's it's who he played for before. But when you look at the age he was when he was there, you can't really call him the finished article, can you? He's carried on progressing. And God knows since Conte got hold of him, he's completely like gone beyond anything we ever thought possible. Um, and I just think, is it not better that you can make a player like that than you have to go and always spend £100 million on buying one? Quite right. Quite right, Alex. I couldn't agree more with that. And I think, you know, I think it's a load of arse gravy, basically. Now, I've got a great I've got a great one for you all here. There is a prize for whoever gets this first. All right. And I include the Mixler people in that. They're usually on the ball. What do Warrington, Wolves, Whitley Bay and New England Patriots all have in common? I'm going to have to have the count the countdown clock ticking away. <laughs> None of you got it. None of you got it. None of you have got it. Nobody on Mixler either. Uh, they have all won. Nah, uh, uh, nah, uh, you, sorry, you you were out of time, Alex. Uh, they've oh, all won more brilliant. times at Wembley. They've all won more times at Wembley <laughs> since two thousand and nine than Tottenham. There you go. Uh, that's brilliant. I thought you'd like that. Now, very, um, I, Jonathan, very, I know is 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 itching to talk about Morata, and and I'll be honest with you, J.K. I kind of I kind of sense a bit a little bit of disappointment with him. I, I'll be I'll be honest with you. And so I, I think he absolutely missed a sitter. There's no doubt about that, but that can happen. I have to say I have an element of sympathy with Morata because he was asked to play a role uh, for Chelsea yesterday by Conte that is totally and utterly alien to him, you know, because he's not a big, lumpy, hold-the-ball-up type of striker. And whilst he tried manfully, you know, and I think this is perhaps what Conte means when he says he's not quite ready yet because he needs to adapt to the English game. But, I mean, am I being a bit bit too nice and fluffy or, or what? Because I, I think he's basically a really good striker and, a, and a one that can play football, which I'm loving the idea of. He's a very intelligent player. You can tell that from mm. the, uh, the Burnley um, uh, cameo. But uh, um, I, think he's, I think he's got to learn that that part of the game is necessary of holding the ball up because Vertonghen completely bullied him. Um, and he, he kept doing that rather embarrassing thing of... Uh, of of holding his face as if he'd been slapped, you know, and you. Think, I wish well, I could slap him. Actually, oh, you mean old Morata? I thought you meant Vertonghen. Morata, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, he did leap about um, a bit. He didn't like it up him, did he? No, he didn't at all. Um, and uh, as you say, it, it, it's something he's not used to. Um, but I think he's got to he's got to learn to do it. I mean, he's, he he got um, he even found that controlling it, he was uh, you know he control it and have the ball whipped away from him. Um, uh, I, th- I just wonder whether it was all slightly too much for him. He missed the sitter. He missed that other one when he was one on one with Lloris and he allowed he allowed somebody to tackle him. I can't remember who it was when Yardum or someone. Um, Some arsehole with a white shirt on. Yes, that's what I was thinking at the time. They've, <laughs> yeah. they've all got very low, low, um, very big uh, lower bodies. How to put it? I was going to say big asses. All the, the Spurs defenders. Um, 
Uh, and Vertonghen appears to have become even larger this year. Um, I thought he was quite a sort of, you know, slim athletic man. He now looks like Valencia. He's got Valencia's arse. Um, but uh, no, it's, it's, it's um, I'd like to see him play um, when we're when we're attacking more. Um, yeah. Because also, I, th- I think um, Costa would have been ideal in that situation. Yeah. Because he, he would have been. It was his type of he, game. He was totally, kind of wasn't game it? because he would have then been bullying himself. Um, he'd have been dribbling at them as he always does, and he'd have been holding up the ball more. But um, yeah. he's, he's a he's a classier he's a classier act for me, Morata, skill wise, yeah. um, than yeah. than Costa. But Costa fits the three four three. If you've got one up, he actually plays one he's a up thug. better because he's a thug. I agree mm. completely. So that's that's in a sense what you. What you 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 miss, and if he's going to be playing more finessed football, um, uh, Morata's your man. And all, but alternatively, if he does play this tactic, Morata's got to get his act together. And uh, well, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think I'm not saying saying this is a one-off because I mean, you know, Conte could pull this out of the bag any time. Well, but indeed, indeed. I, I think yeah. I think in a sense, you know, the circumstances dictated how we were going to play, but. You know, I, I've got to be. I, I think that, you know. I think that's what Conte means when he says he needs more time actually to adapt to that game. Because you know, I think your point about you know the he he had the ball taken away from quite a lot. But you see, that's the thing about the English game. You don't get time to dwell on the ball like you do in Spain or Italy, and he won't be used to that. I tell you what, I'm looking forward to guys, and that's actually when Hazard gets fit and Hazard plays with this guy. I think and Hazard and him are going to be electric together. I really do. And I just want to move it on a second, Alex, because. Um, you know, you showed a lot of man love for Rudiger and Christensen, didn't you, earlier on? I mean, I do think I do think that Rudiger did get exposed a bit by Kane, but you know, Kane is a very good player, so you know, there's no shame in that. But I thought, I mean, the the, the key question really is this: is that if you've got Christensen playing that well in the back of defence, two things um, occur to me. We, you know, all this rubbish about we don't have any 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 you know centre backs to play in the back three seems to be absolute rubbish. Christensen looks fantastic. How does Cahill get back in? We've got to accommodate Louise there. So surely this this talk of us wanting to buy another centre half has got to be absolutely moronic, hasn't it? Oh, it's just wank. We don't the only reason I'd settle for buying Virgil van Dyke is so that Liverpool can't have it. That's the only thing I can see <laughs> that would motivate you to spend fifty million on another centre back. I just don't think we need him. I just I keep saying it's like over and over again. We don't need people that are going to walk into our first 11 we need support for our first 11 and we need depth of squad and I just think that Christensen was chucked in at the deep end when he had to come on for Cahill against Burnley and then to play yesterday because he probably wouldn't have got in the start well he wouldn't have got in the starting lineup had Cahill not been suspended and he has just not put a foot wrong Um, he's been he's not done anything like sparkly and amazing but he's been so assured every time he's got the ball Um, he he went out to Harry Kane time and time and time again yesterday Um, he wasn't intimidated by the setting or by who we were playing just think he's got the basis of being a really, really good player. Um, yeah, we've seen another load of the anti-Cahill crap <laughs> everywhere online today. Um, not vicious and nasty like last week, but saying that we're better without him and he shouldn't get back in the squad. I don't think anyone should be in the squad just because of who they are, or in the team just because of who they are. I think it's a bit premature to say that you'd boot the captain out and replace him with Christensen for every game, but it was so reassuring to see that in that position, at least, we really have got the depth. Um, can I just stick up a bit for Morata, where JK mm, kind of yeah. down? So 
I think there were three issues with Maratti yesterday. Um, the position he played in, the acclimatisation in that he clearly was utterly shell-shocked by the beating he took every time he jumped. <laughs> he did look a bit punch-drunk, didn't he? Yeah. And um, sharpness. I think he's a couple of weeks behind the others, and he was leggy from about the hour mark onwards. Mm. He just he managed a couple of bursts, but he just he didn't have it in his legs anymore. And I think none of those things are, for me, a reason to start slating him. I had some utter wanker behind us. He used every single word to insult Murata that you put on my band list for tonight, including a couple <laughs> of racist ones about his Hispanic origin as well. Oh, no. Until we turned around after an hour, myself and Janice, who I go with, that's her alias, and just gave him a female look of death. It wasn't bad, <laughs> but we both did it at the same time. That look that we give men when you are so over the line that you just need to shut up and back away because otherwise you're going to get it. We both gave him that look and he shut up. But he had it in for mm. Rudiger as well. And I just thought, it's like, you're right. They don't have time to acclimatise the Premier yeah. League. Like, I mean, Ramirez took six months. He was a laughing stock the first six, six he months. Was, he was, that's true. It's very I true. even went on TalkSport and said he was. Um, but you're not going to get that now. No way will you get that now. No. Sorry, go on. First just, off. Sorry, I'll just, just, Jonathan, go on. Do you mind if I just make a point? Um, um, I don't know if we were all aware that uh, um, Christensen was mentored at Borussia Dortmund uh, by the, the Chelsea Chelsea coaches who would analyse every game that they would watch. I didn't know this, I personally didn't know this took place. Every game and explain to him where he could improve, even while playing in the, in the Bundesliga. Even... Um, wow. um, with his with his time away on loan, so even with his dealings with the press, he's already I love him because they started trying to push that line with him about oh you went out alone on loan and you you one of the ones that just got punted away from Stamford Bridge and didn't get a chance to play and he just said look I was never alone they and that's when yeah, that came out. He but, said, but that's a really interesting point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Do you think that's a really interesting point that we just think they go out on loan and nothing happens and they play? When actual fact. Each player has a mentor who uh, who analyzes via video the get of what how they've played and suggests how they can improve, which makes mm. you think that they they really are they have got their their uh, future at heart. It's not as if they're it's a money making exercise. They My God, Jonathan, to come back. Don't tell me. Team. Don't tell me there's a plan, Jonathan. Don't there tell is me there's a plan. plan. Good there's grief. a plan. Listen. We just move. That's br- I tell you what, J.K. You've 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 earned your entrance fee alone tonight with that. That's great knowledge, mate. Um, listen, I just want to move it on to to Bakayoko, and I want to ask he on this because, uh, uh, you know, talking about Morata, you know, maybe not being ready yet. I I thought you know, clearly Bakayoko's not quite a hundred percent fit, but absolutely fair play to his attitude for coming on. Uh, when he wasn't fit and, you know, doing one for the team, actually. And and I think he played a very vital role. I mean, you know, it, it wasn't a perfect performance by any means. But I tell you what, I was really encouraged by Gion. Uh, uh, and, and, and there's enough in there. He showed us enough to, I think, show us that he's a, a far more able, energetic and forward-thinking player than Matic is. So up yours, the entire press, who are making <laughs> Matic sound like Zidane at the moment. Well, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly, and I'm glad you were the one to make that inevitable comparison to to Matic. And I think, what, as you rightly said, he was much more progressive in his approach. He mm. showed the ability and the desire to take the ball forward, to allow us to, to advance at the pitch. And, and what he did incredibly well was exploit space. You know, he found the space, ran into the space, allowed the team to 
to get the structure back and to ensure that some of the pressure was relieved. And, and, and as you rightly said, I think in terms of his attacking play, he provides much more um, than what Matic ever could, really, in a, in a Chelsea shirt. And at the age of 22, uh, 23, sorry, he's only going to improve. And having already um, you know, proved to be an accomplished player in France, I think that... Uh, uh, Kylian Mbappe, I think, um, labelled him as uh, Monaco's most influential player last season. So that only displays how magnificent uh, he was. And and he is incredibly athletic. And, and as we rightly said, if that's him when he's not fully fit, I can't wait to see him in full mm. health and when he's ready to go. Um, you know, it was that drive, that peerless work ethic. And it was really it was the same attitude that's characterised our success under uh, Antonio Conte, that desire to fight for every single ball. Yes, his discipline needs to improve. Yes, he did commit needless fouls at times yesterday, but that will only grow, well, improve really with with experience. You know, he, he isn't accustomed and, to... And fitness too, mate, I think, and fitness. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was an incredibly promising debut from him. And just to return to Murata briefly, I think that, uh, although I do understand where Jonathan is coming from, I think his assessment is slightly harsh in terms of the fact, I think, <laughs> he, he does, of course, he does That's very have, polite of you, Gion. It's very polite so of you. so diplomatic. <laughs> I, I, I don't think he has the same aerial presence or prowess as Diego Costa. But what he does have is the ability to evade tight spaces. There were many opportunities where he won the second ball, held up for a time, moved around between players and just distributed a simple pass that allowed us to retain possession and to ensure that Spurs didn't manage to get in the counter-attack. And, and I think Alex alluded to it earlier. It was some of the, the opportunities he had. There was a brilliant burst where he absolutely took Aldevere apart. With a, with a darting run forward. And yes, there was indecision with the header and with the opportunity where he cut back inside and his shot was deflected. But with greater comfort, with you know, great experience of the league, I think that he, he'll only improve. And, and, and as you rightly said, you know, in Italy, the game is much slower in terms of the, the greater emphasis that's placed on tactics. In Spain, you know, you're, you're accustomed to playing with uh, players who are endowed with great a technical ability. So to see him adapt to the the, the fast-paced tempo of the Premier League so quickly, especially after that uh, storming debut against Burnley, it's brilliant to see how he's started. And along with that continue, I think he'll be an incredibly influential player for us this season. I think he'll be more than an adequate replacement for Diego Costa. When he runs Excellent onto stuff. the ball, now, he really, really reminds me of, you know, when Torres used to dart off to the side and pick a ball, obviously without the, the demeanour of someone who's contemplating suicide every time you see them. But he reminds me of um, of when he would like run off down to the corner and pick the ball up and make a run that the defender didn't expect. All right. Um, listen, there's only I've got about five minutes left. And there's a lot of things I want to get through still. Uh, and the Just first quickly, and most important cheers. thing. No, 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 it's no. Important. It's not how it works. It's, it's not democracy, Alex. It's um, for you, from you know, Walter. Oh, if it's from Walter, then that's different. <laughs> the Alonso song is to the tune of the Heartbeat theme tune, and it's Marcus, Marcus right. Alonso runs down the wing for me. That's right. Da-da, you have to sing it. Marcus Alonso down the wing for me. Yes, like it. Which I find slightly peculiar and slightly homoerotic, actually, if you think about it. Yeah, but hang on. Keithy Weller used to, you know, Keithy. And it wasn't for us, though, was it? Was it? It wasn't. Keithy, Keithy Weller, Keithy Weller on the wing. No, it wasn't for us. But 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 also, if it was run down the wing for us, sort of fair enough. But for me, it becomes very personal. You think, oh, this is uh, he's uh, 
So what am I going to get at the end of it? Is that what yeah, you're yeah, exactly. <laughs> a goal, a goal. And that's what we got. Anyway, enough, you naughty, naughty people, including Walter. No, actually, that's brilliant. I'm glad we found that out. Listen, Thanks, I mean, well done. The, well done. Thank this you. is the, the, this is, yeah, and I love Waltz. I mean, I'm not going to see Waltz until Arsenal uh, at home. And I cannot wait. You know, it, it, we, we see him too few times uh, at the bridge and elsewhere but uh, it's always great for when we do and if you it, it, it's a very timely reminder actually um, if you haven't already go and check out Amazon uh, and, and type in Walter Otten and you will find uh, his huge array of fantastically brilliant genius like books and he is the preeminent genius amongst Chelsea writers closely followed it has to be said by the uh, Alex Churchill the girl who likes balls so there we go anyway enough of me blowing smoke up people's derrieres um the three things I want to talk about very very quickly first of all um how delightful that we ruined uh, Spurs party but um you know last week on a more sensible side we were we were kind of saying well if we lose this you know it's not going to be good but if we allow them to win their first Premier League game at Wembley, we'll never hear the end of it. There'll be DVDs. And actually, it would give them the confidence to go on a, on a run, possibly, because there is a bit of a hoodoo about them playing at Wembley. So, Jonathan, how, how important do you think it was to kind of, like, you know, ruin their party and stop that happening? Oh, deeply, because it might mean that they might get the, uh, uh, the willies when they play their next home game. So, uh, yeah, it was... It was uh, Part of the whole package for me, winning and making them, you know, desperately unhappy and uh, being in the train with a lot of people who were um, with their little flags, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> who, who were very disappointed. Um, uh, but once again, I think I think uh, uh, I heard a conversation saying they thought that Chelsea were very dirty. It was a very dirty performance from now, Chelsea. What a load, of, a load rubbish. of rubbish! I know. I know it was, it's interesting how people can view things and that um, what was it that um, that Pochinello said that uh, um, uh, he was happy that they'd lost because they played so well, which was one, it's one of the most de- defeatist things you could ever think. Why got a second? You're happy to lose because you played well. We couldn't didn't play yeah, well but I mean, enough. You, you know, you, you, you get this all the time from these Burks up in North London. And I mean, actually, Arsenal equivalently. Uh, to Spurs, it's always it's all. Hang on, it's always about it's always about how how well that they've played, that they outplayed us, and and that yeah. But you see, you may do that, but who wins repeatedly against you both? And what matters most, you absolute dickheads? Um, now listen, I know you two are both there, and, I, and this is uh, you know you you have prime dibs on this, uh, but you know plastic flags are plenty. I mean, you know we get <laughs> we get jip for that. Um, you know, cringe-worthy message boards. You know, the, well, I think Alex put it brilliantly in her blog, chicken propaganda everywhere in Wembley, which I thought was just brilliant. Um, but I think the biggest thing, really, was this whole idea of the drum being piped <laughs> through the PA system. Alex, what on earth is going on? Can I just tell you what the best thing was about the drum? Like, when we say drum, I'm going to do a little demonstration on a table and scare the crap out of Bertie now. But, you know, you're expecting them to do, like, the aren't you? And then they end yeah. the chant. But it wasn't. It was like someone had given a drum to a toddler. There was no rhythm <laughs> and no tune to it. Just every now and again you'd be standing there and suddenly someone would just go like that down the speaker and everyone would go what was that? And then eventually when everyone realised what it was it was every time, sorry Bertie's run away in complete fear now, of every time that it happened, they sat there and just like didn't know where to look because they were so embarrassed. And us lot, we just had an amazing time mocking it 
just all the way through and it stopped at half time so presumably the toddler got the drum taken away from him and went home in tears because nobody wanted him there but yeah it was, it was brilliant it was absolutely was hilarious wonderful reaction of laughter that's what I love there's a yeah. huge outburst <laughs> yeah. of laughter from the Chelsea end there was, was like their faces fun. were a mixture of utter mortification <laughs> and just like what have we become? And just complete boredom because they weren't winning. And JK wasn't lying when he said that they literally made not a sound after kickoff until yes. that went in. And then suddenly all the flags came out again. Throughout the game, the only person making any noise was a really drunk and foul-looking middle-aged woman to the, down to the left of us who was up on her feet. And she was one of those, get, get up and sing, people that everyone hates with her flag. And they they were bereft for the whole game. It was, it was brilliant, absolutely well, brilliant. I, I, I tell you what, if and I mean this is mindful for for us and our move to Wembley. Actually, there's a really good point that when you when you've got that many people in a stadium, you know when it when it's loud, it's very very loud. But if it, if you let it drop, then it can be very very quiet. But I do think that you know a lot of what we saw there absolutely shows us how not to do it if and yeah. when Wembley becomes our temporary home. And it has to be said though, and I think it was how lovely was it that Antonio Conte. You know, made a point of mentioning how how great our support was yesterday, Gion, and uh, and I've got breaking news. Well, I haven't got breaking news really because it broke yesterday. Actually, uh, a lot of people spotted this on Twitter, but it appears that William Shatner or Captain Kirk, to the likes of you and me, is a Chelsea supporter. Now, I'd, can do you remember Captain Kirk, Gion? Uh, vaguely. Whoa, oh, vaguely, oh, vaguely. So well, at least you, you could. I know he could have said no. Who's that? And that would have been horrific. But no, Captain Kirk from Star Trek fame, William Shatner, the actor, is a Chelsea supporter. How about that, Keon? That's not in the new films, though, Keon. That's like way back before the we originals. Were the originals. Oh, I haven't seen them. I'm afraid. <laughs> 1967, when you were just a thought in the universe, and when you were but a babe in arms, Jonathan. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'm. I'm. Imp- I have to say, for one, I'm. Im- I am very impressed with the fact that Captain Kirk is a Chelsea supporter. Um, I'm even more impressed by the the brilliant uh, show of support that uh, the Chelsea faithful laid on yesterday, as always. Um, and and long may it continue. Now uh, we've got a, 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 a another break coming up, uh, but before we do, just a quick plug for the Kerry Dixon show which I record each week with the wonderful, lovely Kerry Dixon. It's available on Thursday afternoon, so make sure you download it via Acast, iTunes and SoundCloud. Now, after the break, we've got some fantastic emails, uh, one of them asking why everyone hates us. Uh, that's Chelsea, not the Chelsea fancast, I hasten to add. And uh, the other one we're, uh, about Dyer and Vertonghen dishing out some very nasty challenges, and, and the question really is why, there are no, why there's no consistency with the referees. We shall be back in a minute. Chidge. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. (laughs) It's all too much. (laughs) I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, 
and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And oh, what fun it is to do a Chelsea Fancast the day after we pooped on Spurs' party at Wembley. I, I mean, how delightful is that? Uh, now, to join me in, the, in this delight are the lovely uh, Jonathan Kidd. Hello. The equally delightful, uh, lovely wonderful, beautiful Alexandra Churchill, also known as the girl who likes balls. Dobre utro. And last, but by no means least, the cerebral and uh, a man whose maturity vastly outstrips his age, uh, the young talent of the Chelsea fan cast, Mr. Gion Carbis. Hello, one and all. Thank you, Chidge. There we go. Now, uh, for those who are unaccustomed to this part, like you, Gion, uh, although, of course, I know you listen to the show every week, so I'm talking rubbish, really. But this is where this is the opportunity that Jonathan gets on the show every week to shine, or more to the point, to be heard far more than anybody else, particularly me. And as such, he loves it. Isn't that right, J.K.? Oh yes, Judge. <laughs> I'll tell you what, mate. You know, number one, there are the, the first two emails are cracking, and they they are question oriented. And the third and fourth are, are, are the one, the kind of emails you love. They're stories uh, from people overseas. Actually, they're both from the States, and they will bring a tear to your eye. Uh, what, what I sadly can't reveal, I mean, for us who have scripts, we actually get a picture in the, uh, in the fourth email. I can also reveal to you that as, if you clicked on your scripts, it will take you to the YouTube video of the parakeet singing Chelsea. For a special treat, I might put this up on Twitter later, but just for my buddies here. Yeah, you've already done it, yeah? It's hilarious, isn't it? All right, anyway, enough of me prattling on. Uh, First email, please, Jonathan. This is from Harrison Lego. Hi, he says, just hi. Just a quick email I want you guys to discuss during the fan cast, which I'm sure you will cover anyways. And it's about the shocking challenges by Dyer and Vertonghen. 
I was in the camp who believed it was a red for Cahill at Burnley. But as long as there's consistency in future with other players getting the same punishment, both tackles by Dyer and Vertonghen were identical slash worse than Cahill's, but they only got a yellow. Where is the consistency from the referees? Anthony Taylor had a clear view of the incident, so he either bottled it as it was a derby or he has an agenda against the Chelsea. What annoys me more is that no one is talking about it. No radio stations, pundits are even batting an eye about it, but instead going on about how Tottenham deserved to win. Well, they should have been playing with nine men for the last 20 minutes, where in that scenario we would have won by a couple of goals. Rant over, great result from the lads, but bemused by the inconsistency of refereeing in the Premier League and how no one is talking about it. Instead, just heaping praise on the spuds. They must be jealous of us. Love the show. Keep it blue. Harrison. I mean, to be fair, they did mention it on Match of the Day. Only because uh, they were pressed, though. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, well, Came in through that, Twitter, they, didn't it? They've got that thing on... Um, uh, the, the last few minutes of it, they now have a, 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 a kind of email response, don't they? Which I think is, mm. is, a, is a, a good part of the show. Um, uh, but they, they highlighted all the, um, they highlighted all the tackles, obviously. I mean, I, I think actually, I, I think the, the, the person we should be criticizing is, um, is Pawson rather than Taylor. Um, uh, because I think Taylor noticed the Fatongan one, he was pushed into the back, but he did that thing of kicking out. Um, see, from behind, I think, because it was two people went for him at the time, didn't he, Vertonghen, when he was going for the ball? Did it Moses kick him? No, Moses was the one who was kicked. Somebody put it, Kante kicked him and pushed him in the back. So it was, so there was always the... That was William, yeah, William, William. William, that's from William. There's always that doubt in the ref. He's thinking, well, he was pushed in there. And I think Vertonghen then even, um, when, when, pressed, when pressed himself, uh, admitted that uh, um, he had possibly been a bit... Uh, um, uh, what's the word, violent, but nonetheless, um, he'd been pushed into doing it. But yeah, in, 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 in any other referee would probably have given that. Um, uh, the Dyer one, uh, what did he, I think, um, who did they have looking at this? Uh, he was Plattenberg. studs up on Louise, mate. Yeah, he was. I know it was. It was. Um, uh, I, I don't think we're ever going to get consistency. Are we ever going to get consistency when no. um, it, it's so much about personality? And so much about and interp- what, and interpretation. what angle they're looking at and interpretation, yeah. I think, you know, as we said last week, um, Pawson was very nervous, um, kept dropping his cards, wanted to make a point, had already booked Alonso for something that would, he would have probably got, a, um, got away with. Um, so, but Taylor's more experienced. Uh, I don't know. I, it's, it's different viewpoints. I, 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 we, we, we can't, you know, you can't say. I mean, in reality, yes. Both tackles were worse than, from my point of view, they were both worse than the Cahill tackle. But, you know, what do you do? So Here, Here's the yeah. thing, though, mate. I mean, you know, the, the, the issue that I've got, like, exactly as you say, is the consistency. Because, I mean, I, I'll preface that, though, because I think, I think that on the one hand, you know, Dyer particularly and Vertonghen, or Verongen as I like to call him, <laughs> Uh, you know they've got history. They're 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 like Spurs fans. They've got they're snide, you know, and they've done it before, and they'll do it again. But the reality is, is that um, whilst you know they were a bit nasty, you know, I've seen a lot worse tackles, and I, and I think it's it's a bit hypocritical of us to say, well, you shouldn't have sent Cahill off if we now say you should have sent Dyer and Vertonghen off. 
you know and i think ultimately you, you, the point that you make is right it's the it's the inconsistency and i think you're right we're never ever going to get it i mean alex keon you've got anything to add to that just that um the guy in his email said he either bottled it or it was because he's biased missing out that it was anthony taylor and it <laughs> quite possibly is the fact that he's just a really awful referee yeah, um, well, is that. he started off okay yesterday he started off okay he wasn't having any they are the worst in the league for just sitting down on the pitch and hoping to get given something and oh, he wasn't yeah. doing any of it for the first half an hour and then he um he gradually declined as the game went on and to the point where um he didn't didn't have the balls to card either of them I just for me it was it's so typical of Anthony Taylor he he's so inconsistent in himself across the 90 minutes there's some things are free kicks but then the same thing isn't half an hour later uh, later and something is a card and then an identical replica of it the other end isn't and it just like he can't even be consistent just with himself across 90 minutes so asking him to be consistent with all the other referees across the course of a season is just like you're on a hiding to nothing that's not happening Mm. Yeah, well, just to contribute regarding, you know, um, consistency, I'd say perhaps the, the, the use of technology, although it's a, quite a controversial opinion, perhaps the use of uh, uh, technology, maybe in the form of a video referee, would help to sort of add that consistency that's clearly lacking from the game at the minute. You know, if we had uh, the, the benefit of, a, of another official who can look at that uh, incident through a review, then perhaps, you know, we, we could see... Uh, controversial incidents and 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 talking mm. points with regards to red cards it, it, it reduced significantly in terms of how often it occurs. So hopefully that's perhaps a, an option that the FA could pursue uh, it, with the aim to add consistency to officiating in the league. Well, I tell you what, mate, I've got the I've got the definitive answer by my old mate Mark Barfoot, <laughs> who is the who is the uh, you know the the lead, captain leader legend of the Hastings Blues uh, supporters group the the best UK supporters group in the land. And Mark, who said, he's, he's nailed it. He says, I just think all refs are jealous of people with full heads of hair. Quite right. <laughs> uh, now, uh, moving on, we've got another email from, uh, from Peter Bryant, Jonathan. Yes, Peter Bryant. Discuss. This is written before the Tottenham game, just. And of course, if we lose, it's all over. Not. Can't bear to listen to the build-up on TV or radio. So much shite being said, especially about Costa. The bloke asked to leave last summer and the summer before. So what should we do? And apparently now Bakayoko is an amateur as well. But the main thing is why does everyone hate us? I think we're quite nice. I can understand why people are not that keen on United and Liverpool, but not us. But maybe that's my rose-tinted glasses. P.S. Great show as always. Oh, thank you, Peter. Um, good question. Do you want to fire away on that first? Um, uh, well, well, I th- uh, which bit do we want to talk about? Costa? Um, uh, no, no. Yeah. About, I mean, you know... About, about uh, hate, being, uh, being hated. Why do people hate us? Yeah. Why do people hate us? Um, uh, we, we're in London. Um, uh, it, it, it goes, we're, we're in the, uh, a lovely part of London. Um, uh, we're in a rich part of London. Um, in the 60s and 70s, we were considered uh, uh, um, a kind of uh, showbiz club, and we still and we still uh, played really good football, which really pissed people off. Um, uh, but I, it sort of runs deeper. I think I think there's a kind of uh, thing in the psyche that everybody now objects to us consistently winning trophies, um, whilst having a 
a business plan that seems to allow us to to sack the manager after every two years. Um, uh, so perhaps that contributes to it as well. Um, I'm sure it's the success that we've been having over the past few years. Definitely everybody objects to that because they always put it down to, to saying there wasn't a Chelsea before uh, Abramovich, which, of course, you know, if you happen to know anything about football, of course there was. Um, but uh, I think those are several contributory factors. Mm. OK, Gion. Uh, well, I think Jonathan hit the nail in his head there. And, and sort of reiterate what he said, I think there's been a tendency in recent years to sort of distort the truth when it comes to Chelsea, in particular. No, the really? <laughs> <laughs> particularly the, the, the notorious, uh, you know, uh, phrase that we were only founded in 2003 and all the success you know, is, is, is solely because of Roman Abramovich's influence. Yeah, I think people reject the notion that we were an established top six team for several years prior to Abramovich's arrival. We had success in Europe prior to Abramovich's arrival. We ascertained our status as a top four team and secured Champions League football without, uh, you know, um, Roman Abramovich. And, you know, it's, it's those things that I think irritate people because they, they can't fathom at Chelsea, which were successful without money, which, you know, just goes against their distorted view of the club. And I think that irritates them. And as Jonathan rightly said, I think, you know, it's the it's the fact that we've been so successful in, in recent times. And still, you know, despite all the instability with regards to managers, the fact that they come and go and we still manage to be successful, the fact that we recorded the, the lowest uh, uh, place finish out of any champions in the history of the Premier League and still managed to win the title the next season is again just adds to their fury and hatred of the club and, and to be honest I think we all thrive off that um, we do uh, so yeah it's, uh, I think that's probably the, the reason uh, in my opinion Alex I'm just going to say screw it F them <laughs> who cares F them all I mean, Alex might, F them all might... In my experience, ninety percent of people who support other football clubs are dicks anyway. I mean, let's let's take Mr. <laughs> Tottenham that got banned from Twitter today because he came on and accused me of spouting from every orifice in my body anti-Jewish stuff on my blog. And I said to him, "Go on my blog and find one instance of anti-Semitism because it isn't there, and you're a moron." I think he might have replied had he not got like his account locked or whatever but yeah it's, it's ridiculous it's just it's jealousy it is jealousy I think they they liked when we were sort of under the heel and not very good and a bit of a laughing stock and like you say it's like it's the proof that you can say that we threw money at it and we bought the title if you want but everybody Manchester, buys the title exactly and now I mean Manchester City has spent more I mean consistently more on players every single window and it's not working. So it's not just about buying the title and it's not, you have to have a business model in place to make it work and you have to have the staff to make it work and they have to, they have to work as a team to win anything. And last city, last season city just completely epitomized that for me. They had the shiniest collection of players in the entire league. And could they play as a team? Most of the summertime, they were damn hilarious. And most of the time, mercenaries to a man. yeah, so it's just, and no one seems to have the same page <clears throat> for them. So, yeah, that's my attitude. Screw them. I'll well, wave I, at you from okay. the top. Well, I think there's some very interesting answers uh, from you. Lot. I mean, I could write an essay on this. In fact, I might, actually. I might publish it as a blog. Um, but um, I think you, you're all right, basically. I think there's another thing that you might that you perhaps missed out. Uh, which is you need to remember w- where we are in terms of the year. And actually, a, a lot of the people uh, in the media 
um, influential people in the media are either Man United, Liverpool or Arsenal fans. And I think the root of, of, of why... And remember that, you know, it's a bit like the whole fake news thing in, in, in Trumpton. You know, if you, if, you, if you bleed out this fake false news enough, people will actually start believing the narrative. And I think that's what you've got here because the root of, the root of why we're not liked as a club is basically down to envy. And what we have done, if you analyse what's happened, out of all the big clubs, we've the ones that we've pushed out from any tangible success recently is Liverpool. And Liverpool are the most backed club in the media, as we all know. You just read the press on them and they all fawn themselves over them. So a lot of this is derived from envy. And if they're not Liverpool fans, they're Man United or Arsenal fans. And Man United kind of enjoyed their, their 90s cabal of after you, Claude, it's your turn to win a trophy. And we've, we, we, when Roman turned up, he punctured that totally and it's never been the same since. And that means that... You know, they don't like us being in their club as a bigger club that wins trophies. So a lot of it's all down to envy. Um, and then, of course, you've got the scurrilous, uh, you know, you know, just lies about what we're about. And Nahion and, and talked about this brilliantly a minute ago. You know, the fact that uh, it's all down to Roman Abramovich and Roman Abramovich has ruined Premier League football because, of course, he bought it all. all absolute rubbish, you know. I mean, going talking about European trophies, Chelsea won a European trophy before Liverpool did, you know, in 1971. So to say that we have no history or the club was only found the, the club was only founded in 2003 is absolute rubbish, and it just suits their their biased, red tinted agenda, and it and it's rubbish. I think there's another thing that we should also acknowledge, and some of the older lot amongst us, and I see a few of you in, in Mixler, you know. We, <laughs> I, I, our somewhat aggressive past in the seventies and the eighties um, did upset a lot of a lot of you know a lot of people, and 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 that will have affected the media, and people have never forgotten that. And I know that you know all football clubs are at it in the seventies and the eighties, but we were particularly good at it, and we you know I think people stick that on us still. You know, so therefore they're less uh, charitable and, and sympathetic towards us as a result. You know, but I think you know to sum it up, it's basically envy, and I think you're right. I think Chelsea supporters as a whole, as Gion also alluded to, we we now wear it as a, as a as a badge of honour. You know, uh, the more you hate us, the more we embrace it because we know what we are. We know what we are. Talking about um, spending money doesn't necessarily. Um, do you favours one hundred and thirty-three million pound on fullback City, and they're losing to Everton at home. Oh, that's so, delightful! Yeah. Now listen, we're running. We're, time is a running on, uh, and I think we've we've answered that really fully. I mean, do do tell me, Peter, if you agree or not. But I think we have. Now we've got two very very long emails where Jonathan seriously has his work cut out. So over to you, my friend. Shaney Miller, do you think, Chidge or Shane? It's Shane, Miller. Shane, yeah. Shane. I thought it might be in, as in Shaney Walk, which of course is in Chelsea. Oh. It is. It is. Yes. Uh, the Rolling Stones used to live there. Um, they did. Dear Chidge and the gang, I love your podcast as I love Chelsea. Thank you. I have a very long car commute, so it really makes my week more enjoyable. I've been listening for just over a year now, found you through London is Blue, and I've been wanting to write an email, but I think this week is the perfect week, as I hope you'll agree by the end. I've been following Chelsea since Joe Cole joined the team, as I loved his brilliant technique and subtlety on the ball. While all the same, he just seemed to fight to win the ball back as hard as any defender. As you know, Chelsea went on to win shortly after I started following, and so I was hooked. 
I grew up in New York, over in the US of A, and now live in Brooklyn. That's in New York City. A smiley face. A far cry from you lot. That's not me saying smiley face. It's him putting a smiley face. <laughs> I consider myself a massive fan. Get up early in the morning to watch every game live. Have cancelled my classes I teach at university when we were in cup finals. I've, I've seen Chelsea a couple of times when they crossed the not-so-narrow sea. I ran into the middle of a suburban American main street with my Chelsea jersey off, waved around my head when Drogba scored the penalty. And most people on the street had no idea there was a soccer match on. And my two brothers were not huge football fans until they, by an almost osmosis-like effect of being around me, also became Chelsea fans. About three years ago, I started dating a woman, and every weekend, when the blues were about to appear, I would get a message. Fuck Chelsea. Uh, what, what is that sound? What was Alex? that? What, I'm sitting Alex. here not moving? <laughs> it sounded like somehow somebody had opened a time portal. or a, a, I thought she'd a, flushed a, the loo, mate. A no. door to another world. Anyway, I'll, I'll read that power again. About three years ago, I started dating a woman, and every weekend when the blues were about to, to appear, I would get a message, fuck Chelsea. She had me falling for her extra because of this. She was a Spurs fan. We've now been living happily and romantically together for some time. I think sometimes football fans think it's, this is impossible and make all previous claim, and makes all previous claims of my support immediately invalid. I get it. I've been to the San Siro and watched Inter Milan play Champions League. I've been to a couple of European matches. I know the raw passion that goes with being a real supporter, in quotes. But me and my girlfriend give each other shit while watching each other's games, but also mildly hope the other teams, other's team has a bit of success so that we don't have to deal with an unhappy partner. And so it's pretty weird and incredible. And I just thought you should know that come this Sunday, I'm going to be going nuts next to her and our friends with my blue jersey on, with Oscar's name on the back, giving them hell and fully supporting whoever the hell is playing in the middle of the park for us. The thing I really liked about your last episode was this discussion about support and the nappy shitting Twitter fans who only know football through FIFA, etc. And while I might get defensive about my support, one of the reasons your pod helps me be a better fan is you lot give me a better sense about what's happening at Chelsea's home in the stadium. Like what were those fans booing at? But at the same time, I'm writing this email because while the rest of us fans at home watch our squad from the TV and see all of those fans like yourselves show their passion in the stadium, I'd like you all to imagine how many countless nutcases like me there are in bars and living rooms all around the world, standing virtually behind our team, going just as bonkers at every play and every call and risking their domestic happiness for their passion. Up the Chelsea. Best, Shane. Pronounced Shane. P.S. I'm sorry that was really long and so I'm not miffed if it doesn't get into the pod or anything. I just really wanted to write that email and share some of my personal Chelsea support. I love the city of London and I'm trying to get to my first Stamford Bridge match this winter, perhaps. And if I ever come your way, I'd love to grab a pint. Well, great. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to meet you, Shane. That was fantastic. And have yeah. a beer. Yeah, well, yeah, you can have a beer. I'll have a... I'll have a, a small pins. 
Uh, yes. 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 You like yes. a Pims, don't you, actually? I don't mind with yes. lots of lemonade, that's why. So, um, But yeah, yeah. Great no, email, uh, though, wasn't it? Lovely mail. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. It's this... But I love, as you know, I love the whole fact that we've got these supporters all around the world and they and they love it in the same way that we love it. I think it's brilliant. Absolutely superb. And yet they're, and they're doing it, to, as he says, they're watching the box and doing it and uh, getting into it in the same way. Brilliant stuff. Lovely, lovely mail. All right, shall I keep going? Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah, baby. Wake me up before you get <laughs> um, <this is laughs> You from, uh, loon. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, what was the one I, li- I liked a lot? The best song I always liked from them was um, Young Guns Go For It. Remember that one? Oh, yeah, well, get on with it then. Young Gun yeah, Go yeah. For It. Yeah, yeah. Tim O'Donnell. Hello, Chidge and the Boys and the lovely Alex. Oh. I'm Tim wow. O'Donnell, writing to you from San Francisco, California, in the CIA. I was turned on to your show just last year from my lovely sister Mary from Portland, Oregon, who is also a nutter and proper Chelsea fan. You guys are the dog's bollocks and the cat's nuts, fur and all. I am number eight of ten kids. These days in the States, I'm asked if I'm a Mormon because even the Catholics haven't churned out huge clans like that for some time. Since I had two older siblings already playing club football back in the 70s, early 80s in San Jose, I had to beg my mother each year to let me try out for the top club. It was too expensive to have all three of us in it with all the travel and tournaments. I finally convinced her at age 11, after four years of lobbying, to let me try out. It was the happiest day of my life when the coach put me on the squad. Our first match was at San Jose State in 1984 before an Earthquakes match, where Georgie Best scored his wonder goal a short while before. There were some 10,000 fans that had trickled in before the pros were about to start. I scored a volley from the top of the box just under the crossbar. I was mobbed by teammates. The crowd roared and I had an out-of-body experience. It was like the Coliseum scene in The Gladiator. Nothing comes close to that feeling. Growing up playing football in the States in those days, we were outcasts, considered geeks next to baseball, basketball and football americano, or as I call it, egg toss. But football has (laughs) always been central to my life. I went on to get a scholarship to play in college and played a year of second division on the west coast of the US in a league where half the league's players were called up for the new MLS league back in 95. Almost every player I knew was either hanging from Man U's undercarriage, Liverpool, or an arse fan. I was, an, I was in absolute awe of Zola, Gianluca Vialli, and Rudy. I've, I'd never seen somewhere, someone put a team on his back and play with as much passion as Zola. Picture below is my buddy Paul Stokeld, who grew up in London and our sons after the Champions League victory. In 2002, I ran into Paul at a pub as we watched Chelsea. I hadn't seen him in a few years, and he said Lamps reminds him of me. We both are central midfield players that can score, but really love to distribute. That solidified my love for Chelsea. Now that the EPL is on cable and football is mainstream here now, I'm regularly called Frank Lampard wherever I go, even as far as Panama a couple of years ago. My sister Mary had trouble telling us apart for a time. Gaining £30 has helped, although I'm now Fat Frank. Fat Frank, I should say, not Fat Frank. At 44, I'm in the sunset of my playing days, trying to last to 45 like Kerry Dixon. Nothing is like playing, but Chelsea has me feeling the love and excitement and the appreciation that the club and the fan cast will all still be there. 
I can't wait to get to Stamford Bridge in the near future. Keep up the incredible work. I'll write more about my take on the team later. It's beyond refreshing to hear debate about Chelsea players and matches from folks who know what the fuck they're talking about. Cheers, Tim O'Donnell. I've attached a YouTube clip of my parakeet who you'll hear is a Chelsea fan. He says, with the English accent. With the English accent amongst other funny shit. So it would be, also, also are a pick of me and my Nikki, who works in the front office for the San Francisco Giants and whom I sometimes take to Mad Dog in the Fog in SF, an amazing Chelsea pub. And there he's got the... Uh, you, Chid, you must send out the hyperlink. You must send it. Yeah, I've got to, I, I'll do that. Yeah. I'll do that. I mean, if you, in fact, that's a very good point, actually. If you, well done, JK, as always. Lovely stuff. And if you, too, want to send us an email with a, an attachment to uh, a video showing your parakeet going, Chelsea! They will be welcomed with open arms. Uh, you should send around the picture of him with his lady friend as well, because he's fit. There'll be a lot of female appreciation. I pondered yes, I know, over that photo when you sent the script that, round. That would be sexist. Exactly. That would be sexist, anyway. <laughs> uh, right, now, be quiet, you lot. Uh, we love receiving your emails, as you've just experienced. And, of course, we always try and read them out. Uh, even if they're very long, Shane, we don't care. We'll read them out. So do send them to chelseafancast at gmail.com, preferably before Monday. If you send them on Monday, they might not get in. That's all I'm saying. Now, after the break, Hyun will be telling us all about the relaunch of chelseafancast.com and what you lot can do to help. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast, and we are incredibly already at part four, which means we've only got a few minutes to go, really, which is a great show because I've enjoyed the show tonight, uh, lot, uh, not least because I've been joined by these lovely people who are uh, what the wonderful Jonathan Kidd. Great to be here. The, uh, the beautiful Alexandra Churchill. Yay. And the lovely, lovely debuting... Hion Carbis. Pleasure to be here. Lovely. There you go. Right, now, uh, this little bit, I've kind of crammed all of the plugs and everything into one section because I thought the emails are so good. And I think, frankly, you know, uh, until we start getting two games a week, if there's nothing to talk about, I'm just not going to do it. So there we go. But um, there is lots of stuff to plug. Um, The first thing I should say, of course, is that today, the 21st of August 2017, would have been one of my all-time heroes' 65th birthday and he was a Chelsea supporter, and his name is Joe Strummer, and he's a legend. So I'd like to wish Joe Strummer a very happy birthday. Uh, I'd also like to wish a very happy birthday to a man who is almost equally legendary, and he is known on Twitter as at CFC Away, and he is a fine drinking companion and a very good bloke, and it's also his birthday today too. He is not 65, but uh, in fact he's considerably younger than that, and he's a top man. So happy birthday to CFC Away. Uh, now, other friends of ours, um, you may or may not have noticed, uh, but the wonderful Clive O'Connell, um, who is absolutely without doubt one of life's lovely people and a massive Chelsea supporter, 
Um, he, at the moment, well, from the 18th of August to the 27th of August, is uh, has embarked upon uh, a bike ride, a solo bike ride. He's, he's intending to do 2,000 kilometres in 10 days for the Pace Centre uh, because it makes a real difference to children's lives. And they provide specialist education and therapy to children with motor disorders. And, I mean, Clive is... is, is what, if you've ever met Clive, you'll know he's bonkers, as well as being very bright and lovely. But he's basically doing this as a solo effort. He's riding from his home in North London to Cambridge and back uh, lots of times over the next 10 days. And it's really gruelling. And he's also writing a hilariously brilliant uh, blog about it all, which you can follow. But, I mean, please, please, please give generously, because Clive's a top bloke. It's for a very, very worthy cause. And I tell you, it is no mean feat to do what he's trying to do. It's 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 a real test of endurance uh it's kind of akin to having listened to the chelsea fan cars for the last nine years we're talking that kind of level of endurance so he needs sympathy right now all you have to do is go to www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash clive o 2000 ks in in 10 in the uh, number 10 so one zero days all right i'll read that again uh, www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Clive O 2000 KS in 10 days. All right. So go there, give generously, follow him on Twitter at Clive O'Connell, and it'll have all the information there. But please support his cause. Now, another uh, cause that is worthy of support, perhaps not as much as Clive, but still worthy nevertheless, is, is the Chelsea Supporters Trust. Uh, and I urge you, I demand that you do it. It is a diktat, a three line whip, and an order from Chairman Chidge to go and join the trust get your voice heard by the club it's five quid to become a voting member it's free for non-voting members although why would you be a non-voting member just to save yourself five quid i mean you know that sounds like the kind of tightness you would expect from daniel livy anyway um sign up at chelseasupporterstrust.com you can attend the meetings come to the events vote on the issues that directly affect you and make sure you get your voice heard. Follow them on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust. And equally worthy and lovely, uh, we are huge supporters of the Chelsea pitch owners. So, if you want, if you have an interest in protecting the future of the club uh, forever and ever and ever, Amen. Then buy a share in the CPO. Uh, they own the freehold of Stamford Bridge, and their aim is to ensure, as I just said, that Chelsea Football Club will remain playing football at Stamford Bridge, all you have to do to go and buy a share for about 100 quid or so is to email info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners and follow them on Twitter at pitch owners. Uh, you can, of course, buy those shares in instalments if you can shell out if you can't shell out the uh, 100 quid in one go, which I think is a very good idea. Um, okay, so that's enough of the plugs uh, on that point. Uh, but um, Alex, Alex, Alex. Yeah. You have a book You have a book out at the moment, don't you? I do. I have a review of last season, which is all the blogs, plus some retrospective stuff for the beginning and end of each month, and some sort of, there's some awards at the end, and there's an article on Conte as well. So, yeah, it's only one ninety nine on Kindle, and Bertie is going to be massive and requires lots of gourmet cat food, so please buy it. Mm. And he is the loveliest a- uh, kitten I've ever seen. He's, he's gorgeous. But your, your, awesome. your book is good, isn't it? It's basically a bit like your blogs, but there's more to it than that, isn't there? Yeah, there's lots of extra stuff. Can I also give a quick plug to the charity walk as well, just because oh, yes, yes, I yes, should yes. be out on Fulham Road before the game 
with veterans in action with a bucket shaking it violently and harassing people for money so don't try and walk past me because i will find you all of you not just judge everyone so yeah okay i'm not going to be there so actually that's oh, all right for me you. i'll avoid yeah. it this is sunday yeah this is sunday it is, yeah so we're as uh, we've actually got to get all of our passport details and everything sorted with them by the 8th of september so it's getting close now i'm doing 10k a day walks at the moment to try wow. and get up to speed but we'll be walking for eight days from the dead sea to petra in aid of a charity that's always collecting outside Stamford bridge so the guys with the little blue and yellow wristbands veterans in action and what they do is try and help either sort of physically or emotionally troubled veterans who need a way back to feeling like themselves so they organize activities and things like weekends away mm. and weeks walking and kind of like the walk we're doing as well so it's a really worthy cause well, good luck with that. Have you got a, like a website or, or a, a link so we can donate and stuff? Yes, I'll put it. I'll tweet it to you if you want. Tweet but, it. And you tweet can send it to me, it and I'll retweet it. We're using Virgin Money because, unlike Just Giving, they don't take anything. Mm, okay, so and the uh, the, and you get the book from Amazon, right? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So just go to Amazon and put in Vini Vidi Vici, and you will find it. Okay, uh, right. Now, uh, Gion, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know if you can still hear me. I hope you can. But uh, um, one of the reasons I've got him on the show tonight, not least because, as I said, I promised him when, when I first met him at the Football Blogging Awards. And I was uh, the other reason is I was very impressed with his writing at the time. You know, for somebody of tender years, I thought he exhibited a, a, a fair bit of talent, but also a bit of maturity. And as luck would have it... Um, Keon has got involved with Football Fancast, who, as you may or may not know, uh, kind of look after our website. You know, the famous ChelseaFancast.com website, which never has any content on it. There we go. Well, not for long. Not for long. Because Keon has been tasked to do the impossible job to kick Chidge up the arse and make him actually write blogs for his own website. Isn't that right, Keon? Uh, yes, that is my job. Uh, I can hear you uh, intermittently, <laughs> but yes, that, that is my job from now on. Basically, I've been tasked uh, with the responsibility to sort of reinvigorate the site to ensure that we manage to produce engaging, fun and insightful content on a daily basis. So that will you know, cover a whole host of different topics, different themes to ensure that the content is inclusive as possible. Um, you know, there's uh, many ideas in uh, the wheel at the moment regarding potential series we can run on uh, the site and they won't just be your your average uh, Chelsea website stuff we have some very uh, exclusive stuff from yours truly uh, Chidge you know we'll be having a, a weekly column from Chidge also you know um, exclusive insights from the likes of Kerry Dixon and of course our, a talented uh, pool of Chelsea bloggers who will hopefully contribute as frequently as they can to ensure that we have the very best content out there so I'm incredibly excited at the prospect of starting. I'm incredibly grateful to Chidge for the opportunity. I really can't wait for you all to read uh, the content we'll be producing. Well, it's going to be cracking and I can't wait. You, you, you omitted to say you're going to be writing for it here and you write really well, so I can't wait to have your stuff on there too. But, I mean, the other thing, of course, is that, uh, you know, I, I'm just basically bone idle and lazy, which is why nothing ever goes on apart from the bare minimum. But it is a decent website. It's really, really well figured out. But my, my ambition for the website always, 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 always was not to make it like every other bloody Chelsea fan website because they are basically all the same and they do pretty much cover the same ground. You know, I, I wanted the, the, the website to work in tandem with what we do on the podcast and, and vice versa. And I think that's what gives us it 
gives it its unique appeal and also you know thematically you know we have a certain personality about the show you know the kind of stuff we're into and i want that to to be reflected in the website and as i said Gion is going to kick me up the rear end and make that all happen and of course what we also want to do is to make sure i mean what Gion may or may not have known is that the most talented writer in writerdom is in fact alex churchill the girl who likes balls and i have so very I sneaky am gone apparently in... gone <laughs> no gone you're apparently what classless and uh, lack the ability to write better than someone with uh, gcse english apparently yeah, it's, I mean, how many how many books have you had published? Six. Not bad for somebody who yeah. can't read and write. Not bad for somebody who can't read and write. And we're talking proper <laughs> books here. We're talking we're talking history books, you know. And we're not talking like writing for Liverpool. We're talking <laughs> World War One and stuff like that. Alex is massively talented, and I, I and I, I explained to her earlier on, Hion, that I have done something that I have never done for anybody else ever on the website, and I have created her own "The Girl Who Likes Balls" section. So there you go. So. Um, I'm going to try and teach Alex how to upload them to our wonderful website, but that would be lovely to have Alex on there. But there are others too. Uh, as I said, even even your Uncle Chidge will try and actually write. And I might even get... I, what I would love to do with Jonathan, who is, you know... I mean, this is the thing. This is the this is the stupidity of my laziness, is that I, I'm, I'm lucky to know so many hugely talented people. I mean, like Jonathan, who I've never asked to write a blog, who writes as well, if not better, than most people I know. You know, I, and I, th- I think I need to go and pick his brains and, and, and ask him and maybe buy him the odd jug of Pims, you know. So there's loads of people. We should do it. We should do it. I mean, you know, you, you see the you know the font of knowledge that you have, Jonathan, you know, because you've been watching us since the 50s and the kind of people you were watching it with, wouldn't it be lovely to tap into some of that? Your yeah, blog I agree again. completely. I would love to. You know, a bit of a historical like perspective, you know, ma- yeah, matches yeah. Well, and funny if, things if, you've if remembered. I- if I yeah, if I can get the uh, the brain cells to work, yeah, yeah, it's the, well, it's, it's, the it's the it's the you know it's like knowing that I was present when Jimmy Greaves scored four goals, but not having any clue or knowledge of or, rem- or memory of it at all. It's just can it's, can it's, I can I let you into dismaying, a re- you know. Can so, I let you into well, a little secret? I'll let you into a little secret, J.K. Because I'm having to write an awful lot at the moment. You know, I'm writing for um, I'm writing you know a weekly uh, blog for Football London. Uh, I'm kind of writing for Yahoo as well, which is more kind of match preview, match review type stuff. But as you know, my memory is absolutely non-existent. And do you know what I have by my side? As it's here right now. I can't show you. History of radio Chelsea show. FC. Yep, I can, I can, I can. I, you can hear this probably. Ready, ready. That's a heavy <laughs> book. That's ready. One more time. That is a heavy book, and it is called Chelsea. Lobbing your dick onto the. Uh, <laughs> that, no, that was my dick. That was the louder one. Uh, this is Chelsea: The Complete Record, written by the wonderful Paul Dutton and Rick Glanville, right? And uh, you know, uh, it is the tomb. And the best thing about this book is it's it's got two chidge, Bobby Tambling, two o two. It's got Paul Dutton, and then. Rick Glanville said, best wishes your lordship. So there you go. I love this book. But I, t- I tell you what, you know, it, for, for things like that, you know, it's absolutely perfect, mate. It's really great, a great help for writing well, your old book. I've, um, I've got all my programmes still, and I look at programmes and think, I have no recollection of this game at all, but I was obviously, I was obviously there because I've got the programme, um, because otherwise I wouldn't have got the programme if I hadn't been there. So, uh, oh, no. in fact, it's, it's interesting watching Chelsea t- TV occasionally because you get the odd match comes up, and I think, Blimey, I think I was there. And then suddenly a bit of it you remember. You think, oh, yeah, I remember the goal. But the rest of it you can't. And I find that a, 
dismaying once again as i keep mm. saying using that word well but, on, uh, on a similar vein i've decided to buy myself a birthday present which is the entire collection of wisdoms from 1975 because i can't remember any of the cricket matches i've ever been to and of course jonathan having been to cricket with me will know why because you're <laughs> drunk <laughs> yes no chidge is very entertaining in the uh, the end where there is no cricket but he can't have been yes. uh, drunk in 1975 no but that's just too long ago staggering around at the age of 10 or whatever like completely off your face on fossils no That's not... no it was just, just so long ago i can't remember alex um anyway on that note pete 42 has just posted on and said uh it's gone from buy the boys a beer to a jug of pims for ffs <laughs> it's only for jonathan I, I, I to be fair pete to be fair, to be fair, Pete, that's only for Jonathan. Uh, but you, you know, as you well know, on the website, the best thing about the website is, of course, the fact that we do have a button that says "Buy the boys a beer," uh, girls as well. Although for Alex, it would be gin. Uh, so you can donate generously there, should you want to. But I think I think what what you would all no doubt uh, say is, is welcome on board to Hion, and good luck with kicking me up the ask because you will need it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's all right and hopefully we'll get you back on soon now um sadly people that is about all we've got time for uh this week um you know having done two hours and 17 minutes last week i thought we'd be generous this week but we've nearly done two so that's not too bad uh so that is all we've got time for as i said uh don't forget to download the kerry dixon show uh on thursday when kerry and i will be previewing the match against everton this sunday uh no doubt we'll also uh be gloating gloating and gloating some more about uh beating spurs kerry used to love beating spurs even though you know he grew you know he, he had trials with spurs and he was a bit of a spurs fan when he was a kid because he was you know he, he had trials with them um but you know he i tell you he loves beating spurs and he scored a fair few goals against them as well so there we go so that should be fun talking uh, to him about all of that uh now uh breaking news i am on holiday next week so the fancast won't be back until Monday, the 4th of September, at 7 o'clock, as always. Um, which means we'll be talking about the Everton game uh, for, for number one. on. It's, that's the, I think it's the weekend of the international break. But we'll be talking about the Everton game then. So you have to wait for a week and just remind remember what happened. Uh, but of course, as it's the 4th of September, it'll also give us an opportunity to talk about the close of the transfer window. Uh, so that'll be quite interesting, given the hoo-ha that's been going on for the last four, five, six weeks about all that. So we'll be back then, uh, 4th of September, 7 o'clock, as always. Jonathan will be with me, of course, and the lovely Mark Worrell and Liam Toomey, uh, both of whom, of course, write for ESPN. And they'll be all over the transfer window, so it'll be interesting to hear what they have to say. As I said, we'll also be looking back at, at the Everton match too. Now, do not forget to follow the show on Twitter, at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Alex at CFCGWLB and Hion at Carbis. Well, it's probably easy to spell this. C-A-R-B-I-S-L-L-I. And of course, check out the website, ChelseaFanCast.com. Uh, many thanks to the Chelsea Fancast bloggers. Uh, keep them coming. Otherwise, you'll be hearing from Hion, and he is much more fierce than me. Now, I think that's about it. So all I have to say, really, is thank you to Jonathan. Been a joy, Chidge, as always, and uh, well done, Hion. Brilliant, completely brilliant. Put us to shame. I think I almost got my coat halfway through. I thought, oh, blimey. I know. This man knows know. his onions. I thought, oh, he does, um, doesn't he? Yeah, oh. fantastic. Well done, and uh, well done, Alex. Brilliant as always. So, 
Yes, love you. Uh, yeah, thank. <laughs> well, thank. Love you too, Alex. I thank. Thank you very much, Alex. Actually, because not only she's brilliant, and I, 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 you know, I would have Alex on the show every week, um, but I just think it would be a bit unfair on everybody else if we did that. But uh, she's been particularly brilliant tonight because uh, she's also um, stepped into the breach where Dan Silver, the uh, man formerly known as a Chelsea fancaster, let us down. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm only joking, Dan. I'm not, you know. Real life, real life gets in the way, and I love Dan, and he knows I do, so I'm only joking. But Alex, thank you very much uh, for for filling the breach so wonderfully tonight. And last, but by no means least, thank you very much to Heon on his debut performance. I think uh, I think a, a, a Christensen-like performance tonight from you, Heon. Well done. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here, especially in amongst the company of such reputable Chelsea supporters. So thank you. <laughs> or disreputable. Oh, oh, you. Oh, you. Yeah, he's, he knows his onions here. Okay, right, we got to go. Uh, also, massive thanks to the lovely, fantastically brilliant people in Mixler, without whom this would be not as much fun. Your comments, as always, make me giggle. And everybody else who watches them. I know Alex has been in there tonight, so she knows too. So that's brilliant. We will see you in a couple of weeks' time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chels. Up the chels! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.